This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. And today we're going to be talking about the United Kingdom so I'm going to begin by reading uh, from a news article from the U.S. version of The Sun that just came out recently. It says, urgent warning as porn addiction cases double in a year. The warning signs revealed. And as we move through this, uh, what happens in the U.K. and what is happening in the U.K. mirrors everywhere else. So it's not like this is an anomaly. And this is the same thing that's happening in the U.S. where it Sexual sin continues to explode everywhere. And in the article, they say half of all men and a sixth of all women in Great Britain watch porn regularly, according to a YouGov 2022 study. Recent reports have found that over 60,000 people in the UK sought help for porn addiction online last year. This has almost doubled from the previous year. There are also thought to be thousands of people suffering with porn addiction in silence as well as those who don't know the signs and symptoms and are unaware they may be addicted. And 60,000, yeah, those are just the ones that try to get help. And when you realize that 75% of UK Christian men are viewing porn, those are some pretty high numbers. And it's then he goes on, it's thought that two and a half million people visit porn sites every single second. So today, to discuss these issues and more, I have Mr. Arwell Jones calling in from North Wales, United Kingdom. Arwell, welcome back to the program. Hey, it's good to be with you, Mike. Thank you. So when I read that article, what goes through your mind? Yes, wow, it's um, it's staggering, isn't it? It's um, yeah. As, as you know, we we did um, uh, we had an exhibition stand at a um, a church uh, festival, big church festival here in the UK, um, a couple of weeks back, and um, we we had behind us a, a, a big sign that that just highlighted all these statistics. And it, it, it said that 70% of UK Christian men are viewing porn. 30% of UK church leaders view porn regularly. And 90% of Christians believe the church does not support those struggling with porn. So, yeah, we went along to this exhibition, and, and with, with that backdrop, we expected everybody to be swerving pastors, to be honest, you know. Mm. <laughs> but... It was so in- encouraging um, that so many people came up to us and said, 
wow, we didn't know those statistics, but we're so glad you're here. We're so glad that you're doing something about it or, you know, trying to do something about it. Um, and, and this is the message that we heard from um, virtually everybody, everybody who stopped by um, the, the stand and, and said, look, you know, we, we want this issue dealt with in our churches. And, uh, and unfortunately, the, the church is sadly, um, you know, backing away from it, really. Um, it, it seems to be, I, I don't know, whether it's fear, whether it's um, um, lack of, of um, you know, they don't know how to approach it. I, I really don't know what the issue is, but there's a huge reluctance in the, in the church, um, the established church, the institution, um, to actually talk about these issues. Whereas when we met with grassroots Christians, because these were Christian people just out having a good time at a Christian festival. They, they weren't church leaders, most of them. Um, but, you know, they're, they're grassroots Christians, and they want to face up to this issue. They want this issue spoken about in the church. They're looking for help, mm. but the church is sadly not, not providing it. And you heard a lot from youth, too, didn't you? Yes, yes, we did, and that that was so. That was the other encouraging thing about the um, the, the exhibition was that so many um, young people stopped, and there were two that stand out um, to me. Um, there was one lad who said um, he, he was 22 years old, and he looked at the top line, which said that 70 percent of men in the church are looking at porn, <clears throat> and he said, "I'd challenge that figure. I'd say that." Certainly in my generation, the figures are more likely to be 98, 99, if not 100% of, of, of men, you know, of, of that kind of age are looking at porn. Um, it's, it's a huge issue. And, and, and these are Christian, um, you know, young Christian men. Did you have people coming up and sharing their stories, things they were struggling with? Um, a few did, yes. So there, there was a few young men that, that came up and said, yes, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Um, I've managed to stop for the time being, but I really don't know how, how I'm going to be able to, to manage it long term. Um, you know, and, and this, they want help from the church. They want the church to be talking to them about this issue. There was another young, young lad who was, in, um, I think he was about 20, and uh, he said that um, in his youth group um, in the church, uh, he'd been going to church for about five years, in, you know, in, into the youth um, meetings. And he said it was five years after joining, when he was 18 years old, that they had the sex and porn talk. Mm. <laughs> and he said the trouble was there was six years too late. <coughs> Boy, ain't that six the truth. Too late. Yeah. Six years he'd been looking at porn. Um, you know, just wanting the church to, to speak about this, you know, to, to help equip, um, you know, him and, and others to, to to deal with this in, a, in an appropriate way. And you uh, mentioned not knowing or having some questions on what is keeping pastors from dealing with this, but I think spiritual warfare is right there, and there's an intense battle to keep it yeah. suppressed, and you certainly got a taste of that. So I'm going to let you share the story 
of what happened the day before I met you last month. Yes, yes, that was a very interesting day, that was. Um, and it was the day before we were due to have the um, the uh, Blazing Grace conference, wasn't it, in in, uh, in our local church here. And uh, I, I was driving along, minding my own business, when um, it wasn't going very fast. Well, not luckily, I think God was uh, certainly protecting me. Um, when this car came out of a junction, didn't stop, I tried to swerve to avoid avoid it, but it still careered into the front of my car and sent me straight into a lamppost. Um, airbags went off. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a huge jolt, but the car was a write-off. And, uh, yeah, as, as you said, uh, it, it wasn't um, uh, a surprise when we realised, oh, okay, yes, what are we doing tomorrow? Yes, this Porn to Grace conference. Mm. And, uh, yeah... Yeah, to me that wasn't a coincidence, and it just showed prime time when you showed me the pictures that the enemy does not want this brought to the light. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we we need to keep on praying. We need to keep on, um, yeah, keeping our armor on. We need to keep on, you know, knocking on doors of, of the, the churches, the institutions, the established church in the UK. Um, we, we need to be praying that they open doors, that they open their eyes to what's going on in their own churches. Um, you know, perhaps even amongst their own leadership, we don't know. Um, that might be an issue that, that's stopping uh, them from opening the doors, that they might be found out, maybe. Um, but it's not about naming and shaming. It's about finding freedom. It's about helping men and women find finding freedom. Um, from this uh, terrible addiction, because it, it is, it's addiction, mm. you know. And, and that young lad, when he was 18, you know, he's been looking at porn for six years. It's going to take more than just one talk <laughs> to, to stop him from, you know, keeping to, you know, going back to it again and again. Mm. And we now have an office, uh, Blazing Grace does now, North Wales, that you're heading up, isn't that right, Arwell? Yes, and, and that's such a, a blessing. And uh, again, that's something that was totally um, unexpected. And uh, I happened to mention to um, the, the pastor of the church that I now go to um, the, about Blazing Grace, and he was asking about the ministry, and he was telling me about the church because I was going there for the first time, moving from another one. And um, I, he he happened to say about what was going on in the church. And it just landed on me that I should ask the question that, do you have any office space uh, by any chance? Um, and he said, hmm, funny you should ask that. And uh, I explained what we needed it for. And he said, yes, come and use it. Hmm. Yeah, that was, that was uh, a wonderful blessing and an open door from the Lord. And, so talk about the groups you're leading now, the um, the Zoom prayer meetings, and talk about the eight-week course. Uh, yes. So the, the eight-week course, I, I think for me that, that's the sort of core um, work that, that men need to do, really, to, to find freedom. Um, it's an eight-week course that we lead men through. Um, and following um, the, the, the book that you wrote, 
um, you know, and it's taking uh, men through different steps and and um, things that they do each week uh, to, to help break down this um, uh, this um, I can't think of the word at the moment, the, the bondage that they have um, to uh, pornography. But it's not only that, it, it's actually bringing them closer to oh, because it's, you know, on, only we can't do anything. It's the Holy Spirit that works in people's lives. And, you know, so many times, you know, I, I've, I've been on one of those Zoom meetings and you can just sense that the Holy Spirit is working in, in, in these guys' lives. And, and bringing about changes that that I couldn't, you know, foster in them at all, and and, and they even um, don't know how it began to happen. But God knows, and uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is clearly at work in these courses. Um, and then we we have, as you mentioned, we have the Zoom meetings, um, which are um, prayer meetings, support meetings. Um, it, it, depending on on who's on those meetings, it takes a different, um, you know, it takes a different direction each time, depending on, on what's going on for the people that are there. Um, but it's really about um, helping people finding um, a community, a place where they can be vulnerable, where they can be honest, um, where they can be accountable to each other. Um, and, you know, it's it's hard to find a place like that, and and so many of them have said, you know, look, if it wasn't for for, for these meetings, you know, I don't know where we'd be. We've never had anything like this before, where we can come and be vulnerable. And um, one guy was saying today, I can come on here and I can cry. Mm. You know, I can share my my innermost challenges and and secrets and stuff that I struggle with. Um, you know, honestly. And you know, be supported and 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 uh, um, you know, guided by you know other men who uh, share the same struggles. Really, you know, it, it it's a powerful um, medium to to help people and to keep them you know motivated and encouraged um, to stay in that place of freedom as well. And so, you have one group that's what I call an organic group kind of a general support and prayer group for men. And what time does that begin? Yeah, so um, the, the one for men is at uh, 6 o'clock on the Thursday. And there's also one that we run for men and women, uh, which is uh, straight after that one at 7 o'clock in the evening, on again, on a Thursday. And the 6 p.m. group, that's 6 p.m. UK time. And, and for our listeners out there, we do have Americans who are participating in these groups, are well as leading, as well as these are open to Europeans. So from any country, as long as you speak English, and there's no charge for these that he's talking about. And then the, the second group, the 7 p.m. group, is a general prayer group where there's more of an emphasis on prayer. And that's, again, 7 p.m. UK time, which would be, I believe, 11 a.m., U.S. time, and again, there's no charge for this. So you're welcome to participate and, and to contact us, and we'll put you in touch with Arwell. And, and so what, what do you see going on in general in the church right now in the U.K.? 
I, I oh, yes, that's a very good question. Um, obviously, I, I have only my own, you know, limited view of the churches that I've been to, so I can't speak more generally about the, the, the churches, you know. Um, but there, there seems to be a move to becoming more, um, what's the word, um, shallow, superficial. Um, it's more of a of a uh, like a social club. Mm. Um, there's very little depth, uh, very little sort of encouragement to, um, you know, to, to go deeper with God, to to, to study even. You know, the, the, there's no Bible study. Um, it, it seems, you know, uh, and and the emphasis is on, you know, families getting together, having a nice time. Yes, um, worshiping God in, in the meetings, praying in, in the meetings on a Sunday, but then there's nothing hardly after that, and it's uh, it, it's very sad. There seems to be very little depth to the Christian walk, um, and the, the way I see it, we're being encouraged um, or we're led really to being consumers, and. You know, Christianity isn't about being a consumer. It's about being a partaker. It's about being, you know, having a, um, you know, everybody has a has a mission. Everybody has a purpose in their Christian life. Um, I don't think any of the leaders have, have asked me, certainly, and I've not heard them ask the question of other people, what's your purpose in the church? What's your role in Christ? You know, what are you saved for? <laughs> because we're not saved just to go along and have a, you know, just to have a nice time on a Sunday and live the rest of our lives, you know, for the rest of the week. We are called for a purpose. You know, we're chosen. And it's so sad to see so many Christian folk, you know, some want to have a role. Uh, and over the years, they, they found that, you know, they haven't found a role. They've not been encouraged. Um, so they've become discouraged, they've been, been you know, um, they've, they've grown comfortable in their Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning Christianity, and, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and we hear some of those very same, well, all those very same complaints here in the States, and it almost sounds like what's happening over here is bleeding off over into mm-hmm. other countries. Yeah, yeah. So is there a challenge to to have a deep prayer life? Are there prayer meetings going on? Or what do you see regarding prayer? Yeah, again, um, the the church that I moved from, um, there were some big changes in the leadership about 12 months ago. Um, The prayer meetings stopped. um, We we used to have a, a, a WhatsApp prayer group that was stopped. Mm. Um, previously, we were able, we were encouraged as a congregation to pray um, in the church service. You know, if anybody felt led to pray, we, you know, we, we were encouraged to do that during the service. Um, that stopped. I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, and then from the, the leaders of the, you know, from the pulpit, we hear. Well, the prayer life of the church is its powerhouse. Yes, but 
why are you shutting it all down? <laughs> it, 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 there seems to be such a, um, a, 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 a difference between what they're saying and, and, and preaching to what they're actually doing. So what do you think is going on? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, it, it, part, part of it is, is spiritual, I believe. Um, but I think we, we, we've been led into apathy. Um, we've been led into this uh, consumeristic approach um, where we go along and experience a service on a Sunday uh, rather than going along and, and learning and being empowered um, uh, you know, to, to have a Christian walk for the rest of the week and a Christian battle. Um, you know, because if, if you're not experiencing battles in your Christian life, then the devil's not interested in you. <laughs> if the devil's not interested in you, then you're doing much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I've had some battles, Mike, as you know, over the years. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to accept and to endure those battles for what they are and they belong to the lord mm-hmm. um you know and oftentimes you know we just need to stand and we need to stand in him and we need to um you know shelter in 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 under his wings um you know and focus on his truths um and, and just keep standing yeah yeah i was at a church some years ago where the pastor was talking about prayer, and he said four times from the pulpit, the church is supposed to be a house of prayer. So I'm thinking, okay, that means we're, are we going to pray? But yes. no, it, it didn't happen. And and this was a large church of 5,000 people. So And I was, I was just like, what happened? What has happened to prayer? And to me, what you said earlier, that our prayer is our, the barometer of our the spiritual power in our life and without a consistent prayer life i mean we're we have no spiritual power really and then as soon as we start hitting our knees in serious prayer of course that's when the enemy wakes up and says uh oh yes we don't want this yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and and, and that's the thing you know we're so um you know uh, how how many times do we see people actually get on their knees and pray in church. Uh, it, you know, it, very rarely. You know, and sometimes it, it takes that step of uh, humility, um, that step of, of surrendering to the Lord, um, you know, to physically get on our knees and say, Lord, this is your battle, it's not mine. Um, you know, we need to be in that place where we are um, you know, praying in that in that in that position, if you like, in that attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the the, the other thing that um, a, a phrase came to my mind as we were doing some um, uh, some meetings with my old pastor um, is that the the church for for decades now um, has this cloak of respectability. It's a cloak. We're cloaked in respectability. Everything looks good. And I've, you know, to me, you know, if everything looks good, does it still look as good under the hood? 
Mm. <laughs> but we can't see under the hood because we have this cloak of respectability. And the phrase came to my mind that our cloak of respectability has become a shield of approachability so that the outside world seeing us see this cloak of respectability and that's a barrier for them to come to God, to come to the church, to, you know, to seek God because they can't see him through us. We're wearing this cloak, you know, we're pretending to be good, to be great. You know, everything, everything's great here. Mm-hmm. Everything's nice. But, you know, under the hood, it's not quite right, you know. So what you're really saying is we're faking it. Yes, absolutely. And and the outside world knows that. You know, I think that's why we, we have this, you know, the church has this reputation um, of being full of hypocrites. Um, and in truth, yes, we are to a degree. And I have to hold my hand up and, and say, look, yes, I go to church and some people take that as, as my respectability. But, you know, hang on, I, I'm not that guy. You know, don't look at me, (laughs) because, oh, you don't want to see what my life used to be like. Well, Arwell, we're out of time, but I want to say one thing before we go is I want to ask our listeners to pray for Open Doors in the U.K., because Arwell is the one who's going to be trying to going to approach churches so that we can go and speak into them. So please pray. Please pray for Open Doors. We need your prayers, and thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.